Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Paul Bunyan and the Great Blue Ox Chapter 1 The Hero of the Lumberwood In the Lumberwoods, the winter night has settled down over the snowy forest land. The trees crackle with the cold, the ice of the lakes booms and creaks harshly in the rending grip of the frost, and far to the north, those ever-restless dancers, the northern lights, leap and climb the sky in flickering waves of green and purple and crimson. The air stings the skin and prickles the nostrils, and no creature braves its chill save the fur-clad forest animals that slip hungrily along, restless and unseen shadows among the trees. Only in the big lumber camp is there any sign of warmth and comfort. There, in bunkhouse and shanty, the men have gathered together after their hard labors of the day, enjoying the companionship of one another, and perhaps playing crude jokes, boasting of past deeds, or looking on laughingly while one of their number tests the mettle of another in some feat of strength. But most likely they are doing what they like best to do on a night like this, when the wind groans and whistles around the buildings, and the frost noises crackle and jeer. And that is to sit back and listen while the old-timers tell over again the wonderful tales of Paul Bunyan and his marvelous deeds. Paul Bunyan, the mightiest man that ever came into the woods. Never do woodsmen tire of hearing of him. Never do the stories of his tremendous labors grow old to them, for not only was he the first one of their kind, but he was also the greatest lumberjack that ever lived, the hero of them all. Paul Bunyan, the first and greatest logger. He is really the father of logging as it is today, for all the best methods for logging off timber were developed by him and have been in use ever since. Not only that, but he also invented all the tools that are used by lumberjacks even today, the double-bitted axe, the grindstone, the cross-cut saw, the peavy, and all the others. A very great genius was Paul, a remarkable man in every way, and one well fit to be the hero of all woodsmen who have come after him. It has been long since any one has actually seen him face to face, though now and then some old-time lumberjack will admit that he has worked for Paul in one or another of his smaller camps, or that he has a friend who once knew Paul personally. It was from such men as these that the stories of the great loggers' exploits have come, and since these tales of him are first-hand, so to speak, 
They are therefore of unquestionable truth. Paul Bunyan was of tremendous size and strength, the strongest man that ever swung an axe. Now, a lumberjack always measures things by axe handles instead of by feet or yards. A thing will be so many axe handles long or so many axe handles high. And the various estimates as to Paul's size are given in this way. Accordingly, the estimate which seems most nearly correct is that Paul was so big that 97 axe handles would just barely measure him from hip to hip. This estimate is a little misleading, however, as no one is sure whether the ordinary axe handle is meant or one of Paul's, which was seven or perhaps it was 70 times as long as the ordinary one. At any rate, it can easily be seen that he was no little fellow. He had curly black hair, which his loving wife used to comb for him every morning with a great cross-cut saw. After first parting it nicely with a broad axe, and a big black beard that was as long as it was wide, and as wide as it was long. He was rather proud of his beard, and took great care of it. Several times every day he would pull up a young pine tree by the roots, and use its stiff branches in combing and brushing it smooth. Paul was so strong that he never did things as other men did them. That is what Joe Muffgraw discovered once when he came looking for Paul, <laughs> intending to get into a fight with him. Joe also was a very big man and a great bully, always looking for a fight. One by one he had whipped the best fighters in all the logging camps around, until by the time the big drive was over in the spring, he claimed to be the boss bully and the mightiest fighter in the woods. It was then that someone told him about Paul Bunyan, and Joe straightway set off to find him. As he went along, he kept boasting more and more, telling everyone he met of all the fearful things he would do to Paul when he finally found him. The winter's logging work being done, Paul was at his farm, getting his land ready for spring planting, and when Joe discovered him, he was plowing a piece of recently cleared land with five yoke of oxen. Joe threw off his coat and watched the plow come nearer and nearer, its share cutting and slicing its way through great stumps and mighty boulders as if they were not there. When Paul reached the end of the field, instead of letting his oxen take the time to turn themselves around, he just picked them up, all ten of them, and set them down again, headed in the other direction, without any delay or trouble. It was not until then that he noticed Joe. Well, stranger, 
he hailed in a mighty voice that made Joe's ears ring. What can I do for you? But Joe didn't answer. With a stunned expression on his face, he backed away from the field and turned and stumbled along the path he had come. Ox and all, he kept muttering to himself, shaking his head as if the very thought made him dizzy. He picks em up, ox and all. No, no, no fights with that man for Joe. And so it happened that the big contest never did occur, and Joe Muffra was never heard of again. It's pretty hard to give a definite date to any of the mighty deeds which Paul Bunyan performed, as only one guidepost as to time is given in all the stories that have been told of him and his exploits. This guidepost, as one may call it, is the definite mention of the winter of the blue snow. The snow that fell during that winter was a bright, glistening blue in color, and very interesting and attractive at first, but soon growing so tiresome to the eyes that everyone was longing for the sight of some common, old-fashioned white snow again. Paul set out to find some, but he had to go clear to China before he finally found what he was looking for. Now, it is certain that all that the great logger ever did took place either before or after the falling of the blue snow, and so, if it were only possible to discover the exact year during which the blue snowstorm occurred, all the things he did could be dated forward or backward from that time, and the definite date of their occurrence established in that way. It is thought quite probable that the blue snow fell during the year of the two winters, when it grew so cold that it didn't start to thaw until after it began to freeze again. They had winter all summer that year, and then in the fall it turned colder. It was so cold that one night when Paul set the coffee pot out of doors to cool, the coffee froze so quickly that the ice was hot. At any rate, one thing is sure, and that is that Paul Bunyan did all the mighty deeds which are told of him. It is not nearly so important to know when he did them as to know that they actually did happen. Nor did he wait until he was a man full grown before showing the remarkable qualities that were in him, for even as a baby he was fully as exceptional as when he reached manhood. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.